What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, April 12th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Dr. Abdul Al-Sayed. And this is What a Day, where we are happy to announce that at this stage of the pandemic, cooking is canceled. Yep, we all did our sourdough, we did that whipped coffee, and now... I'm just ordering in until this thing's over. That's right. So if you are delivering food, expect a fat tip from me because, yeah, I, uh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> first things first, we've got a guest with us today, epidemiologist, physician, and former Detroit Health Commissioner, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed. Abdul, so happy to have you with us. Thank you for taking the time. Akila, it is my privilege and honor to uh, be guest hosting What a Day with you, and um, thank you for having me. Of course, yeah. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> you guys, we finally are doing this together. Well, Abdul also hosts our favorite health podcast, America Dissected, and we're happy to have him along with us today to ask him some of our most pressing COVID questions, because that's what, we're still in a pandemic. But before we get to that, here's a quick word from a longtime friend of the show, Optimus Prime. Humans. It's so good to see all of you once more. It has been a tough and trying year. But you know what? We did it. We did it together. The fight is not over yet. But I can see light at the end of this darkened tunnel. Wow. Super profound. That is how Optimus is welcoming back guests at LA's Universal Studios Hollywood, which officially reopens in a limited capacity this Friday, April 16th. I'm like imagining Optimus Prime in a mask and it gives a brand new meaning to robots in disguise. (laughs) Yeah, they're disguising their other disguise. Uh, Well, Optimus might be optimistic, but we are definitely not out of that dark tunnel he was referencing just yet because cases are spiking in certain places around the world and here in the U.S. So, Abdul, let's just get into it. Let's start with Michigan, because that's where you are, and unfortunately, it has recently become the center of America's latest surge. In the past week, there was an average of over 7,300 new cases each day, and according to the state's Department of Health and Human Services, nearly two dozen hospitals are at 90% capacity. And that surge is being driven by the UK variant of the virus, B117. So can you give us a sense of the things you've seen yourself or heard from your own colleagues that illustrate how serious things are there right now? Yeah, well, we heard from Optimus Prime, and I'm unfortunately going to have to be Pessimist Prime on this one. Oh. <laughs> All righty, I'll take it. <laughs> we, we know that B117 uh, has really ravaged Michigan. We've been the epicenter for some time, but it's not just that, like you said, uh, Akila. It's also the fact that we've had some aggressive reopening. Uh, and in the, in the presence of B117, that reopening is that much more dangerous. And then lastly, uh, while folks are really optimistic about the vaccines, and they should be, we really only have coverage at about 22% right now. And to get to herd immunity, we're going to have to get to more like 75, 85%. But mm-hmm. people are acting like the vaccines have already gotten here simply because they're on the way. 
Yeah. And that is probably not the best way to proceed. So, you know, you mentioned that there's about 22 percent of Michigan's population that is actually fully vaccinated at this point. So that puts it really in the middle of the pack compared to the rest of the country. So it's not really behind in getting people protected. But like, what do we know about the other factors that are currently driving the surge? Yeah, I can't emphasize enough how important B117 is here. We know it's more transmissible and it's also more deadly and it's accounted for the high record uh, number of hospitalizations, particularly among young people that we've been seeing uh, in Michigan. And you couple that with the fact that um, folks are just doing things that they might not have done this time last year uh, and you get to what we have here in Michigan. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, just people may be thinking that the light was at the end of the tunnel and they can just go live their life like it was not a pandemic at all. And uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, do you think that factors like this are unique to Michigan or something that should really just be a warning for the rest of the country? You know, that's the thing, Akila. It's not unique to Michigan. We have B117 in every single state. And in many, many states, governors have led very aggressive reopening like we've had here in Michigan. And people are acting like the vaccines are already here, even though they're still just on the way. And so I'm really worried about what Michigan tells us about the rest of this country. And, you know, even early on the pandemic, Michigan was the canary in the coal mine. Um, So we've all got to do what we can to make sure uh, that other states in this country don't wind up like Michigan. And that means making sure that you wash up, you mask up, you back up. And when you get the opportunity, you vax up. Oh, I love that. Wow. That's uh, that's very catchy. If they haven't used that, somebody please write that down. We need people to actually do those things. Um, since late last week, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has sort of resisted to call for any kind of real lockdown. Can you tell us more about what she's thinking and your own take on it? Honestly, I have to disagree on, on this one. I do think we need another pause to save lives like we saw from uh, Governor Whitmer, both in Uh, the spring last year, and then also again in the fall. And we know based on the evidence that those pauses really did save lives. We need that again now. Now, I know that it's been really hard. People are just sick and tired uh, of this pandemic, but it's not over yet. And the actions that she and other governors can take really can save lives. We need that now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it is a little shocking that now everybody's just sort of like, hey, the vaccines are coming. Let's just go out, live our lives. And there's just really less. It seems like there's less uh, leadership from governors now than even when we were in what we thought would be the thickest of it. But, you know, in a few days, most adults in America are going to be able to at least sign up for a vaccine. And at the same time, the supply of doses will take a slight dip this next week, partly because of that mix up that we reported on a few weeks ago, where a plant making the Johnson & Johnson shot ruined about 15 million doses, not clutch at all. Uh, So what's your advice to people trying to make appointments ahead of time or, you know, people who still may be on the fence about getting a vaccine at all? See, the thing I don't get, Akila, is they got two Johnsons over there. You'd think between both (laughs) Johnsons, they'd have figured this thing out. Exactly. How many Johnsons does it take to make a vaccine? That's what I'm asking. Apparently, they got to be Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson, I guess, at this point. Anyway, (laughs) um, for for folks who are working really hard to get their vaccine, keep working hard. Um, The vaccines are on their way. And uh, despite this hurdle from Johnson & Johnson, uh, we've still got plenty of Pfizer and Moderna. Um, So please do keep checking. Uh, Please do keep looking for opportunities to get uh, that vaccine. But for folks who are hesitant, look, I I hear you. I understand. And frankly, um, skepticism is the backbone of science. But the way that we take on skepticism is with evidence. We know that these vaccines are safe and effective. And I'll also tell you this. We know that the vaccines save lives. But I think for a lot of us, it's about the little things. I I got the opportunity to have some family over. All of us were vaccinated. And it was really nice to just be able to hang out with those folks without worrying that one of us might get sick uh, from this 
uh, disease. And so we've got the opportunity to do what we can to protect ourselves, our loved ones, and really get that normal that this pandemic has stolen from us back. And I think that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really great point. I think that's worth repeating. Like I hadn't gotten to see a lot of friends uh, throughout the pandemic because I have these pre-existing conditions. And now that I'm vaccinated, I've been able to have drinks in my backyard, drinks in other people's yards, like, you know, like really not having that anxiety hanging over me of me getting sick and dying or, you know, somebody else getting sick because of me. And, you know, just that constant fear going away was, I think, worth it enough. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's super important. And I hope that people just take that to heart, you know, wouldn't you like to live a life where you're not constantly in fear of getting sick from COVID-19? Like, let's move on. Um, but, you know, something else that we've been talking about a lot on our show and is very much in the news is these vaccine passports, which are basically things to prove that you've been vaccinated. So you're allowed to do things like go to a concert or board an international flight. States like New York already have them. Smaller communities have been thinking about them. And the White House said that at least on a federal level, it's going to kind of stay out of the debate. But what's your opinion on it? Look, we've asked people to prove that they've been vaccinated against deadly diseases for a long time now. I mean, all of us did it to get into kindergarten. So this is nothing new. What is new about them, though, is the digital part. And, you know, every time Amazon or Facebook or Google do something, they always try and sell me something on the back end. So I'm a little bit worried about big tech. And then there are all these startups, but you're talking about health data. And so you want to make sure that they're safe and secure. And sometimes if they don't have a track record, you might get a little bit concerned about that. And so uh, I do think that we have to make sure that whomever we give our data um, can handle it appropriately and isn't trying to sell it to someone to sell us something. Um, But the idea of having to prove uh, that you've been vaccinated, this is nothing new. What it is though, is a new opportunity for anti-vaxxers who have been pushing an ideology against vaccines uh, to find another platform. And um, and it, it's sad to see that I think they're mixing the conversation up a little bit here uh, and disempowering people who uh, really would like to get back to life. Yeah, that's a really good point about just, you know, anti-vaxxers have an outsized amount of power, especially in this new online landscape. And it's just, uh, you know, uh, just a new horrible frontier. But Pessimist Prime, I want to wrap up on a sobering outlook on the fight against the virus around the world because, you know, cases are surging in places like India while others are struggling to even afford vaccines. So what are the data points that are most outstanding to you? Well, you know, I am an epidemiologist in disguise. Um, <laughs> I, I think there, there are... <laughs> exactly. There are a couple... It, uh, protect people and roll out or <laughs> vaccine uh, and roll out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, There are, we have to remember that this is a global pandemic. And uh, while our country has really suffered uh, at the end of this pandemic, we've got to remember that people have suffered in other countries too. I'm particularly focused on what's happening in India, in Brazil, where there are some really uh, worrying surges in some of the biggest countries in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, The other piece of this, though, is the vaccines. There are countries where not one or two percent of the population have yet been vaccinated. And that's because of the power of our corporations to try and hold on uh, to their patents in ways uh, that would mean that other countries, particularly low and middle income countries, wouldn't get the access to the vaccine in the ways that they need them. The thing we have to remember here, though, is every single warm body that is yet unvaccinated is an opportunity for this virus to evolve and potentially mutate in a way that would allow it to slip our vaccine-mediated immunity, and that would be a disaster for everyone, not just folks in those countries, but folks in this one too. And so 
We've got a responsibility to do our part. And the, the sad truth is that oftentimes when we've talked about leading on our values uh, across the world, that's often meant our country dropping bombs on people. We've got the opportunity right. to drop vaccines. Um, so I hope that we take it. Yeah, we absolutely should. Well, Abdul, thank you so much for answering our questions. And that's the latest. Monday Wad Squad. And for today's temp check, we're talking about a fallen legend. The rapper DMX passed away at 50 last Friday after suffering a heart attack one week before. DMX, whose real name is Earl Simmons, sold millions of records starting in the late 90s. And he was the first musician whose first five albums hit number one on the Billboard chart. Pretty impressive. He's got a special place in both of our hearts. So Abdul, what are your fondest DMX memories? Uh, DMX, he will forever form an indelible part of the soundtrack to my youth. I, I used to play um, a lot of sports growing up. And one of, one of the things I did was wrestle. And I remember <laughs> when I got the first DMX CD, I was so amped up. And it was like that moment when you actually had CDs. Yes. Um, <laughs> so amped up. And like, I was like super hype about it. And I'm getting ready to wrestle. <clears throat> I go out and get pinned in like the first 30 seconds. And I was like, man, if DMX saw me, he'd be so disappointed right now. But um, <laughs> You're like, I, I don't want DMX to have to see this. <laughs> I, I figured I figured that the other guy was listening to DMX just louder. Mm. He got more of those barks. So Yeah, fully. Um, what about you? Oh, man. I mean, so I, I tweeted this when I heard the news, but I think it's still true that, like, if you had a cool older brother in the 90s, that's how you probably got introduced to it if you're around my age. My, my brother's five years older than me, so he's not, like, old, so please don't think, like, I feel old. <laughs> a lot of people kept saying that on Twitter as well, but, like, I just remember, you know, the covers of his albums were always so scary to me as a little kid, but the songs were so catchy, so good. My mom knew all the lyrics. Like, the whole family would rap them in my very white elementary school I remember like at halftime the cheerleaders did like the Rough Riders anthem as their like cheerleader routine and I'm like this is uh, a lot that I'm gonna have to parse through in therapy one day but I think that like <laughs> it's just you know his his music is so prolific and I think that it's also like as a as a rapper he was so larger than life like you know a lot of people are sharing that video of him performing at Woodstock 99 where it's like it looks like the entire world is there and he's just mm -hmm. performing every second they know every word and they're right on beat with him um and I also just think about like him in pop culture right with like down to earth with Chris Rock when he's like Chris Rock is in a white man's body but he doesn't really know it so he's not behaving <laughs> that way and he starts rapping along and gets beat up uh also in top five with Chris Rock when he's in and he sings Smile, <laughs> which is a beautiful, beautiful, funny scene. But yeah, I just think that DMX was, uh, you know, I think Gabrielle Union put it this way, that he was one of one. And, you know, mm. I, I, I just think that we really did lose a legend this past week. We did. He was, um, he was also just such a good dude. You could always yeah. tell that there was a joy and happiness about him. Um, I'll never forget that video where, where he's like fanboying uh, about meeting Rakim. Um, yes. <laughs> and you could just see, I mean, this is somebody who's, you know, who's, uh, will go down as, as, a, as a legend in hip hop, who's just excited to see another artist. And, yeah. um, there's no ego there. There's no selfishness there. It's just somebody who really appreciates the music and is, is joyful about it. And I think it's a reminder to all of us to, to have joy in what we do. And, you know, you never really know, um, you never really know when it's going to be your time. And so, you know, if you can live your life, uh, out there doing the things that you love, 
enjoying it with other people who love them too. That's that really is a blessing. That song is absolutely the party starter forever. It's in every great action film, so, you know, just make sure you know the words. But just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe. Uh, you know, remember that X did give it to us, and we'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. A black Latino army lieutenant is suing two police officers in Virginia after they pointed guns at, pepper sprayed, and pushed him during a traffic stop last December. Lieutenant Caron Nazario was first pulled over because officers thought he did not have a license plate, though the suit claims that his temporary plates were clearly visible. 
Recently released body camera and cell phone footage shows the officers drawing their guns immediately after getting out of their cars and pepper spraying Nazario multiple times while he continued to keep his hand in the air. The lawsuit said that this event captured a national trend of police officers acting in dangerous, racially biased ways under the assumption that they have complete impunity. Nazario is seeking a million dollars in compensation for what he says was a violation of his constitutional rights. Yeah, I think they should double it. But speaking of police, state lawmakers in Maryland passed sweeping police reform bills on Saturday, including one repealing the state's historic law enforcement officers' Bill of Rights. The new laws restrict the use of no-knock warrants, ban officers from stopping people from recording them, raise the bar for use of force, and more. Maryland was the first state to establish a police Bill of Rights in the 70s, protecting officers from accountability by scrubbing records of complaints against them and ensuring that only other officers, not civilians, could lead investigations and to police conduct. Now, Maryland has become the first state to repeal its police bill of rights. Republican Governor Larry Hogan vetoed the reform bills, but the democratically controlled legislature overrode his say on Saturday. Police reform advocates call this the first step towards a fairer criminal justice system. Reminds us that democracy matters. Mm-hmm. Nation-sized gigacorporation Amazon wins yet another fight with disempowered people whose lives it controls, with the news that employees of its Bessemer, Alabama warehouse voted overwhelmingly against forming a union. The final vote was tallied last Friday. About 1,800 employees voted no, while under 800 voted yes. The union that sought to represent the workers, the retail and department store union, says it will challenge the outcome on grounds that Amazon intimidated employees to get their desired result. The union cites Amazon's push to install a mailbox outside the warehouse as one key example. It says this move may have violated labor law and communicated to workers that Amazon was counting their votes. Labor activists had hoped that a win at Bessemer would lead to similar actions at Amazon fulfillment centers nationwide. In the absence of that, their best option is for Jeff Bezos to become nicer after being visited by a Christmas ghost. That's about as likely as Bezos getting hired as a shampoo model for L'Oreal, unless he buys the company. (laughs) True. Ugh. Well... China has moved on from the classic dog ate my vaccine data line and is now admitting that their drugs might require improvements. At least that's what the head of China's Center for Disease Control and Prevention let slip at a conference this weekend. He said the vaccines, quote, don't have very high protection rates and may need to be supplemented with booster shots or new drugs altogether. This comes after China distributed hundreds of millions of doses to other countries like Mexico, Turkey and Brazil, while also trying to downplay the efficacy of vaccines developed using mRNA. China's two approved vaccines were both both produced via a more traditional approach using inactivated viruses to provoke an antibody response. Authoritative figures for the efficacy of China's vaccines remain unknown. A trial of one of the drugs in Brazil said it was around 50% effective, while a trial of the other drug in Turkey reported an efficacy of over 80%. By the way, in our brave new world, if you know every vaccine's efficacy by heart, you can be the most popular person in your school or workplace. It's true. It means that I may actually be popular. Yeah, I think you're the most popular person at Crooked. And those are the headlines. (laughs) One last thing before we go. Last week on Love It or Leave It, John was joined by Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, comedian Emily Heller, our own John Milstein, and more for a round of Rant Wheel. They talked about D.C. statehood, H.R. 1, and The Masked Singer. Listen to the latest episode of Love It or Leave It now wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for today. And if you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and to everyone celebrating Ramadan Kerim, and tell your friends to listen. 
And if you're into reading and not just vaccine data to friends as a way to be popular like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Abdul Al Sayed. And, and go, go stream, stream DMX. DMX. Play it, bump it in your hood. Let people know where to hood at. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC.